You're listening to the Brand Interrupted Podcast, a show for the creative entrepreneur, the radiant leaders, and the rebels at heart. If you're ready to get radically visible, use your voice, and take up space, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Brittany Hammond, filmmaker, story mentor, and serial entrepreneur. Brand Interrupted means liberating yourself from the conditioning and discerning the many contradictory voices of society, family, friends, media, coaches, gurus, anyone or thing that has fit you into a box of check marks and labels, and instead coming back home to yourself. In this podcast, we are all about appointing yourself as the authority and leader of your life. Embrace yourself unconditionally, strip down to your white hot truth, cultivate self-trust and awaken your confidence within so that you can be your true expression in the world, in your life, your relationships, and your business. Ready for some real, raw, and unfiltered conversations? I'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, welcome back to the Brand Interrupted Show. I'm your host, Brittany Hammond, and today we have Nyana Miranda on the show. And this is really one of those episodes that is going to touch on distinguishing the voice of leadership versus manipulation. We're going to be talking about trauma responses from speaking and not speaking our truth. Nyana is an international speaker, soul mentor, and video maker. She guides leaders and entrepreneurs to stand in their truth, regain their power, and truly lead from their soul. Some of the things that we talk about are, as I mentioned, distinguishing leadership versus manipulation. And holy crap, you guys, this is something I'm always shouting from the rooftops. It's like really, really, really being aware of what, how you interpret messages that you receive. We talk about what happens in the body when we experience abuse or assault and why we fight, flight, or freeze. We talk about navigating the backlash of speaking up after experience of abuse or assault. We talk about how to detach from the risk of contradictory opinions in our social media content and business. Why facing our own demons and shadow self is the most powerful thing we can do. We talk about the new paradigm leadership and why Nyana doesn't distinguish between feminine and masculine leadership. Guys, this is a really interesting perspective. We dive into why you can't just meditate your way to success, leading ourselves first before we lead others, and working with a coach and mentor that witnesses you and doesn't trigger you. This episode is sponsored by Untamed Productions. Hey guys, that's me. And I have a special complimentary gift that I want to offer all of you. It's a three-part video series about healing your visibility wounds, tapping into your core message, and showing up on camera. It includes three videos, a beautiful, fun playbook to go through, and very tangible exercises. So head to untamedrevolution.com forward slash gift to access that free download or check it out in the show notes. We also want to invite you into this conversation about these episodes. We don't want this to be a one-way or two-way conversation. So Join my Facebook group. It's called My Next Level Self with Brittany Hammond, or come and find us on the socials. Again, 
check out the show notes because we want to hear from you. With that being said, let's dive into this episode. Guys, happy Friday. Welcome back to the Brand Interrupted Show. Today I have Nyana. I got it right. I got her Yay. name. <laughs> I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation because this season has been all about speaking your truth and what it means to be a leader. And we just connected at the last minute. And I just know that what you're going to share today, I feel will really just bring this whole discussion full circle. So first off, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you. And I hope I can deliver. Yeah. <laughs> so I know there's so many different ways that we could take this, but what, if you were to just summarize in a nutshell, like just tell us a little bit about yourself. Ooh, okay. Nutshell. So I'm, I'm still new to the speaking your truth coming out of the closet series. Uh, I just truly spoke my truth this year um, a little background, I've been, so I think the easiest way for me to is start at the very beginning, just give a, a broad background. I have been a personal development junkie. I have always been about um, positive affirmations, the law of attraction. Since I was 18 years old, I've always been uh, attracted to that kind of work. And I started doing leadership training when I was 22. So all of my experience of following the universe and trusting myself and going after the things that I want led me to my dream job as a leadership trainer for a company when I was 22 years old. And uh, when I joined the company, it completely changed my view of personal development. So I, um, I was there for four years and in those four years, so in the beginning, the first day of my job, um, my, my boss came up to me in an elevator and he came on to me and he said, I want you. And I was 22 at the time. And I, I just broke down and started crying because I was after, after all this affirmation and all this belief that this is me, like I did this work to get here. He just, I, I thought that he just wanted me for my body. Um, so fast forward, I end up being sexually abused by him. Um, and I ended up being mentally abused for, for four years. I was told that I had to look a certain way. I couldn't be a 22-year-old if I had to be a leadership trainer because I was training people that were leaders of organizations, um, high executives, and I couldn't look 22. So I had to act older. I had to be older. I couldn't dress my age. And I spent four years in this development of who this leader is. And I one day just couldn't handle it anymore because it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. And I was living in out of authenticity because I was being this leader that wasn't really real to myself. So I ended up leaving my job. And on the last day of the job, my boss ended up saying, um, you're never going to be successful without me. So I ended up spending the next four years trying to prove him wrong <laughs> and proving myself right that I can be successful and that I can still do this. So I spent all these years attempting to prove him wrong. And at the same time, I was hiding from myself. And I, something, Brittany, that you said in one of your videos was um, 
I think it was speaking your truth requires the tools, not just the pep talk. And, and that resonated with me so much because it wasn't until I was willing to face my truth that I was able to speak on it. Yeah. So, so I, I think so many times there's so much work in the personal development world that you got to push yourself and you got to get out of your comfort zone. And, and that's all very important. But until we take an honest look at ourselves and really see where are we broken and where do we need to be looked at in the mirror, we can't really get to that side of development. I love that you brought this up and that actually was the next thing I was going to bring up because I've been asking people lately and especially in this season, like, what does it actually mean to speak your truth? And I find something that is just not talked enough about in this industry is, is just that it's like, it's not enough to have a pep talk from your, from your coach. And, and I know because I, I, this was like my whole struggle of 2018 it was like trying to get over this. And it was like, no amount of pep talk was going to get me there because and I feel like you'll might relate with this on some level, but I had a pattern in my life where, and it, it literally dates back to grade school. Like that's how ridiculous it is where whenever I spoke my truth, there was always some negative consequence Mm. back to girls turning on me at school it dated back to growing up with a parent where like I literally was not allowed to speak or I was told to shut up all the time and so um something I found and I know this doesn't apply to everyone but I, I really wanted to make this speak to those people who have been silenced um yeah it, it's not enough to be like yeah you can do it like come on just hit live just go like it's and it's hard to face that because just like you said, um, I come from a performing background. So everything is about your performance, right? It, and it is about pushing yourself. And in some ways you can push yourself. <laughs> and then in other ways, it's like, well, when you're stepping into a different level of leadership, like it just wasn't the same. So I'm curious, um, like what kind of tools have you equipped yourself with or, or maybe like processes or how do you kind of reconcile with that? Yeah. Um, so, so for me, the, the biggest tool was really going within and cause I, I don't think we can get to our next level until we're really ready to face it. Right. So the biggest thing was getting, getting clear on what was even like, stop telling myself that I'm okay because I kept putting this front of, Oh, I'm this leadership trainer and I'm going to teach you how to be a good leader when internally I felt out of integrity because I was abused by a leader and never spoke up. And inside of me, I was like, you need to speak up. You need to speak up. You need to speak up because I like, how am I teaching leadership training if I can't even speak up for myself and speak up for, for women? So the, the part I didn't mention. So once I actually did speak up, 30 women came forward that they were abused by the same man. And the fact that they were hiding, it just shows like we are not everybody, but there, there are people suffering in silence, but until we're ready to do the work, it's impossible to get there. So definitely looking within and then asking for support because I had been in all of my experience, I had been 
in the world of masculine leadership, right? So the pushing, personal development, all, all mm -hmm. forms of leadership that come from a very male-dominated and usually a, a white old-school male-dominated <laughs> industry. And it's not, it didn't resonate with me anymore. So it was looking for spiritual guidance. So I, I, I went to a therapist, I hired a mentor, and it was people that helped me really look inside. I think that that was my biggest um, tool that helped. Yeah. And what was some of, like, what was one of the strengths that you found? Or what was kind of like one of the shadows or the demons? <laughs> the demons? Yeah. I, so the, the, so the first thing that I did was I wrote out everything that I experienced. Cause I had never even thought to look back to my experience. Cause I was always like, all right, so the past is the past. We need to move on. So I never sat with my, my feelings. And once I actually wrote out my experience, I'm, I said, holy shit, I, I never even know that I felt this. And I literally just started crying and it was so cathartic to be able to feel the feelings that I never even knew that I had. So the biggest demon that I had was facing myself of that all of these ugly parts of me, there was nothing wrong with them. That was human. Like it's, it was okay for me to feel these things. It was okay for me to feel ashamed. I felt so ashamed. I blamed myself for, for allowing someone to manipulate me for so long. Yeah. Um, and it's a weird thing, for, like from a women's perspective, it's a weird thing to talk about because it's, Okay, so at what point is it manipulation? And at what point do we have to take responsibility for our lives? Yeah. But if so, and if someone's telling you day in and day out how you need to be, how you need to act, that's not leadership. That's manipulation. So you don't have to feel guilty about that. Yeah, there was something that I wanted to bring up. And because I really resonated with a part of your story. And I think the, the video that... Um, I can't remember the name of it now, like the one that has like a hundred thousand views that got, I think you said it got like banned off of Facebook or something. Yeah. The they stopped sharing it. Yeah. It had social issues. Ugh. So this is kind of going to open like a can of worms, but I had an experience. I've talked about this a little bit publicly, but just like when you said we blame ourselves and at what point is it like leadership or manipulation? Uh, I had ex an experience 10 years ago where I was assaulted by someone and in the moment I, I didn't know how to use my voice. Like I felt like I could have saved myself. There was people around me and I kind of went into that fight flight or f like for me, my default was always freeze. Um, mm, me too. So, yeah. So I froze and I couldn't. I couldn't scream and it's so hard because when people are like, well, why didn't you say something or why didn't you do something? And it's really hard to explain like what happens in the body and why you're like, well, I, I couldn't like, yeah. Uh, and, uh, that was like, yeah, there was, I could, I could have screamed and, and just yelled for help and that would have been the end of it. And because of the conditioning I had in my childhood, which was always telling me, like basically don't take up space. It, it, it manifested in that way because mm. I was, I was like, well, if I scream, the repercussions are going to be, I'm going to ruin everyone's weekend. It was on a camping trip in the middle of the night. Like there was all these things running through my head. And I was like, well, if I stand up for myself, then 
all of this backlash is going to happen. And again, that's where the pattern <laughs> came in. And, yeah. uh, and so I blame myself because, because I could have saved myself. So I'm just curious for you, like what, um, did you have potential backlash about speaking up? Like how did you kind of navigate that? Yeah. Um, I was terrified because I am afraid of the man or was afraid of the man. Um, and that was the main reason why I haven't spoken up for so long. Uh, because I know the type of character that he had and, um, lawsuits, defamation, um, coming after me personally, but, yeah. but the, the other side of me was so, and, and this is why I think it's, why speaking our truth is so important. The reason why we feel so out of like, so with a struggle is because it's, it feels like an identity crisis. It's we're not speaking up, but we feel that's not us. Like Nyana, this isn't you. You're not, you are a leader. Like, so in my mind, I feel like I'm a leader and a leader speaks up. And and I think that that was the most powerful thing in my journey of, it's like, all right, I can die if he decides to kill me. Like, the, what's the worst that can happen? He could come after me and I can die. And, but I would die with integrity and speaking up for myself and not feel, feeling like a coward. My biggest fear in life was to not fully express myself. Like, I had a fear that yeah. I would die not truly living. Yep. <laughs> same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think this is really interesting because you also talked about a little bit about this identity crisis and yeah, I'm curious to hear more about it. Which part? When we feel we are a certain way on the inside, but we're not perceived that way by other people. Okay. So there, so when I left, even though so let me go to this. I, I was a leadership trainer. That was my title, right? For four years. And my whole professional career had been attached to Nyana, the leadership trainer. And I, I built um, a following of people that, that trusted me and were inspired by me because of the work that I did. And when, when I couldn't be a part of that community anymore, I left and I felt like, who am I if I'm not Nyana, the leadership trainer? And there, there was this other side of me of like, all right, well, now I have to build a business on my own. I'm still, I know the power of myself and I know the power of development. I know the power of this work, but I didn't have the label attached to it. So there, there was a crisis of when, when you're so ingrained with this is who you are and having to create something new, feeling like, Without the title, I couldn't do it. So I gave the power away to something that wasn't in myself. Does that make sense? I don't know if that's clear. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh my God, there's like so many different directions. <laughs> I, I told you that I could take us in 300 directions. <laughs> um, okay. Take me back more to this. I'm really interested in this dynamic around, because I feel like people talk about leadership a lot, but then they don't really like define it. And I feel as we're, I'm going to use the words like feminine leadership. Yes. Do it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, how do I word this? Because 
the reason why I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm personally someone who like is so, I just, I mean, my company name is untamed. So I'm really like anti-labeled <laughs> type of person. Yes. Um, but I mean, I do believe there is a different, like, like feminine style leadership. And I personally have probably been more in the masculine because that was probably just the way that I was raised and what just came naturally to me. And as you know, I'm learning more about like balance and flow and alignment, like all these things that like, I don't know, they just were not a part of my life or business before. I'm learning more about tapping into like my feminine, my feminine flow and like how to be um, a leader uh, as a woman. So, you know, I think for me, like the reason why I hesitate to use these labels is because I always just you know, I don't want to bash men and I don't want to make everything kind of black and white. So how would you kind of define like feminine leadership? What is that? Like, do you, what, what would you say are the differences between like the masculine leadership style and the feminine leadership style? That is a phenomenal question. So I, I don't see it and I hear a lot of people talking about it as feminine leadership and stepping into your feminine power. And I agree with that. And I personally don't see it as man or woman. Mm. Um, so what's interesting is with the video that I shared about my speaking my truth, I've had three times as much men reach out to me asking for support than women. And the reason for it, I feel is, I think we're getting into a new paradigm of leadership, which is the feminine leadership, which is coming from a place of support and love and not this. Oh, I heard this wonderful quote of a leader is someone who can take off the Superman mask mm. and truly just care for the people that are there and care yeah. for the people that they're working with. And to me, that's what feminine leadership is. It's, one, getting in touch with our soul, getting in touch with who we really are and not allowing the outside world, all of the distractions, all of the negativity get in the way of who we truly know we are. And I don't think that that's a male or female thing. I think both men and women need that. Yeah. I have a little bit of a loaded question, <laughs> but I'll preface it with, a backstory. So when I, so I'm originally from Canada and I live in Paris and, um, I started running my first business when I was 18 years old. It was a franchise and I, it was, I, I can now understand that it was very like, it was that type of masculine leadership. And I, I remember working, I had a business coach and I remember it was so much like every week when we were focusing on like, what's the goals? What do we need to achieve? Like it was very action oriented. And at this time in my life, I mean, I was 18, first of all. So I was just in all of the emotions of growing up. And I remember just being like, I remember telling my coach, I'm like, I'm feeling really depressed. Like I really don't like, you know, and I was getting into all the emotions of it. And he was just like, you know, you got to just focus on the numbers, like do the thing. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and it's funny because this business I started about five years ago now, actually it's going to be six years soon. And I didn't have that type of like masculine coach. And I also wasn't achieving the same level of success. 
And I, I always wondered, like, because I, I had to learn how to be, like, kinder to myself and learn about self-care and, and just boundaries with myself and my time. And I kind of attributed that to, um, you know, this kind of, I don't, and again, I don't mean to, like, stereotype women here, but the feminine flow that may not be as focused or may not have that drive. So this is kind of the loaded question because I know some people are going to be like, what the hell? I can't believe you just said that. And some people are going to be like, yep, I get it. It's kind of like when the feminine is too like in the flow and not as action oriented. Like, um, I have this pet peeve of people when they just like want to spiritually bypass things and like not do the work. It's kind of like, I'm going to meditate my way to getting clients this month. And it's just like, how do we bring these two styles? Ooh, that's a great, <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, because that's what I see a lot too, is that the more that I talk about this kind of stuff, and usually this, the ironic thing, the, the backlash that I get is from men saying, well, you can't just go off into the spiritual world and not get your priorities and, and work. And it's like, yeah, no, that's no one said to go do that. <laughs> yeah. Getting getting in touch with yourself is the opposite. It's really getting in touch with who you are. So you get laser focused on only doing the things that matter. And I I think that's where inspiration comes. That's where you come alive. That's where you bring your full self into everything that you do. And life pulls you because the, when it's hard, it's life teaching us a lesson. And the reason why it's so hard, it's because it's like telling you, Hey, slow down and just listen to what this is sharing. And it'll give you the next step. It's not about, let me just sit here and meditate my whole life. Right. Cause that gets nothing done for the universe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause I think back to that time in my life. So a lot of my work has shifted lately into this theme and, and it may, you know, I may evolve again, but right now I'm really about like for myself realizing how I went from like self-betrayal and how I'm moving into self-trust. Mm, and beautiful. Yeah. And I don't think these two things are linked, but so this was 10 years ago when I was running this business. And that's also when the assault took place. And I was really, really like, I was, it was the same summer actually. <laughs> so it was like, I think if I think more about this and like put things down on paper, I could probably make a link between it. But I just remember feeling really, really, really disconnected from myself Mm. and pushing and forcing myself through doing things. And I don't necessarily think like that's a synonym for like doing things a masculine way. I think that part of that was just conditioning and and boundaries and self-love and all that, all that stuff. What do you feel like are the inherent risks and rewards of speaking your truth? The risks are people are not going to agree. And there will be people that will have an opinion regardless if you speak your truth or not, right? And I think when you speak your truth, more positive happens than negative. I, I don't... Oprah said, like, I love Oprah. (laughs) And she says 
that speaking our truth is the most powerful tool that we have. And there's a reason for it because we, we own ourselves and we own our power. And then so everything that people are saying no longer feels like an attack. It's more of interesting. I see your perception of the world and this is where I'm at in my journey and I can still take it. So, and, and this is where I think masculine energy is still important. You use your ownership to still take inspired action, not action coming from fear. Because when we don't speak our truth, we do things out of fear, yep. not out of love. Yeah. Yeah. So how can I don't know if that answered your question. <laughs> no, yeah. That's such a good insight. And again, it just comes back down to like not being authentic to yourself and and really not embodying like what not being grounded in what you stand for. Um yeah. So how can we detach? Because this is something that I've personally struggled with. And I know a lot of my clients and, and audience deals with this, but especially in branding and in film, but like, how do we detach from people? And I think this is where the toolbox comes in, right? Cause it's not like, it's not enough to say to someone, Oh, you just have to not care. And it's like, great. Like that's just not helpful. So how, for disaster. <laughs> yeah. how can we, um, detach from what people's like opinions are. So say for example, we speak our truth. Like we put some, some message out there, a piece of content, a program, like whatever it may be. And we get contradicting opinions. How can we not let that affect us? So that's an interesting thing because at least for me, speaking my truth made me valid again. So I had invalidated myself for so many years by not speaking my truth that when I did own all of myself and all of the shitty parts of me, it made myself okay. And it made me enough, right? So I think when we, and, and this is the internal work, this is the work that you only can do by truly getting honest with yourself and being willing to face the areas inside of yourself that you're not okay. And to truly speak life into that and know that you're enough, then you're able to just keep going because you know that no one is better than you, no one is worse than you, they're just coming from their opinion and it's no longer an attack. And I don't think that that's possible unless we do the work. And sometimes that requires getting help, getting support. I have not been able to get here alone. This has been seven years of me doing the work and yeah. first hiding from myself and then making the conscious choice to really own my life and getting support, getting mentors, getting, uh, talking to therapists and it's just continuing to do the work every day. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. And I think that's something that, um, what do you call that? Like global, there's a different word, global consciousness. Like we're really at this, um, I don't know what the word is like this stage in life where we just, we have these opportunities to like really learn and grow and question the things that we've been taught. Like if I look at 
my parents' generation, which would be like the baby boomers, I mean, they just, they don't have the same level of awareness in the way that, in the way that, that we do. Like so many, um, the other thing I wanted to bring up, cause you have this somewhere, um, I don't know if it was on your site, but you, you mentioned somewhere like abusive relationships have, are, have been normalized. Like they were not yeah. even aware and I think that's something just because a lot of my work comes down to it's almost like the generational traumas that are passed down. And so yeah. the reference to the baby boomers is like, I mean, they used to spank their children because that was normal. Like it, they didn't even second guess it. So I'm curious to hear more about, um, you know, what this means, like abusive relationships being normalized. Um, so I, I think it goes back to, we don't talk about the feelings, right? And so it's not really, well, at least from an abusive, so when I was talking about abusive relationships, I meant at work and mm-hmm. um, sexually abused, and a lot of, especially if they're abused by their parents, that's, there's, that's definitely not talked about um, on, this, on the large scale. And that's why it's so important to talk about it. But it's so normalized because we don't speak about it. And it used to be normal. And you're, to your point, I do agree that we're at this new level of consciousness where more people are owning their truths and having the courage to say things regardless of how they're going to be seen, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that's the key to just truly one thing that you said about being detached i don't i don't think it's about being detached um in terms of i'm not detached from when someone says something i'm not detached from i feel it first i'm not detached if someone makes fun of me or whatever it is i feel it i'm not gonna i'm I'm human i'm gonna feel the pain and and then it's like instead of getting mad about it it's okay why did that impact me? And it goes back, I personally think it always goes back to feeling enough, right? Or not feeling enough. Yeah. There was something that came up for me and it was in order to lead others, we have to first lead ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. This download just came to me and it was completely off topic of what you just said, but it's just so in topic that you just (laughs) summarize my whole life. (laughs) So yeah. Like how, how do we do this? How, what's been your experience with this? Leading ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes back to the same thing of, so I spent years looking for answers outside of me, right? I I looked for (laughs) coaches. I looked for personal development classes. I looked for, I went to, so after I left my business, I mean, after I left the leadership company, I joined every single business event there was. I got my MBA in entrepreneurship. I did all these things, all valuable information. I, and I'm not negating information and education. That is not my point because it is very important. But all doing all that work without truly being 
honest with yourself about who am I and what am I here to do on this earth and what do I really want to get and who do I want to give to and what does my life really look like and what do I want to spend my time doing for the rest of my days? If we don't look at that first, everything else will feel like you're wasting your life. Yep. And that, I think that is leading yourself first, not caring about what your parents are going to think of you. And it's not like, oh, let me, it goes to your untamed point, untamed in, in a loving way, right? Like you're, you're doing it with no love, not to rebel against society, not to rebel against the world, but it's how do I untame myself so people can be inspired and truly alive for themselves? Yeah, I love that take. And, it, you know, I always say like our biggest struggle is our greatest gift because because I spent my life listening to other people's messages, I was never able to hear myself. Yeah. Ooh, I got chills on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's just been this lifelong quest of figuring out, well, you know, who am I and what do I stand for and what is like truth with a capital T for me? And it's been really... Not, not even just the messages from my parents, but messages from society, culture, um, I don't know, politics, like everything. It's figuring out, well, like, what is actually true to me and how can I feel safe in myself to express that belief and that opinion? That's yeah, been- exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's been my whole life. So, um, and it, it recently dawned on me, like, probably a month or so ago. And I was like, oh, I have to first lead myself if I want to lead other people. Because I also struggled with, um, with leadership because I didn't think that what I had to say mattered. Mm. Or I didn't think anyone would care. Or I didn't feel like I had the, uh, the strength. Like I didn't know how to hold space for people. And in, in my, I guess in my definition of leadership, it was like, I felt like you had to be responsible for people. Like it's a silly example, but there was this conversation that was happening on my wall and I won't go into the details, but you can go and read it after if you want, where, um, I guess someone like misexpressed themselves and then all the people were jumping in, like defending me. And I was like, Oh God, like now I'm responsible for this like conversation. (laughs) Like I did not have been there. (laughs) 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 So that I think that goes right to your point of leading ourselves. When we start to really lead ourselves and speak from a place of this is who I am today, not of what, what this great leader is or what I believe to be true or about society, whatever it is. But you were speaking from your truth, from what you felt in that moment and it triggered people. Right. And to that point, people stood up for you. And I I think that's a beautiful thing because it just shows the level of where we are in, in groups. And there are going to be people that resonate with you and there are going to be people that follow you and love you and love your work. And there are people that are not ready to hear that message. And, and I think if anyone is commenting something negative, it means that they are not ready to, to be in a place to receive. Yes. Oh, that's so good. And because anyone who truly knows themselves and is truly at peace with who they are, 
would never be commenting something negative on someone else's journey. Yeah, that's so true. And you know what? I also recognize that in myself because I would get so incredibly triggered. It's actually something that I still have to work on like daily because I get really triggered by um, people. <laughs> this is so ironic. By people that are really preaching, this is the way you have to do something. Like, this is the way to make your business a success. Like, you have to follow this formula. And it just, like, it makes me so angry. And, it, and not, like, a healthy angry where it's, like, I just continue my day. Like, I'm, like, I'm like the whole world needs to be reformed. Like, let me get up on my soapbox. And like, yeah. Freedom back. because I, I love that you said that because that, that was my struggle for so long. So I've been doing leadership development for 10 years. I've coached hundreds of people from all different walks of life from different places. And I used to do it from a place of pushing, right? A place of, let me get them out of their comfort zones. You have to do this. You have to do that. And so I actually posted something yesterday about our best tool as a leader is to have empathy because we can't authentically get someone to do something if we're not at the same level as they are. Because if we're, if we're thinking that we can change them and that we can push them into a direction, that's manipulation. Mm. And, and they're not going to be ready to do anything until they choose it for themselves. Yeah. And I think that that's what a coach and, and with the work that you do, that that's the most powerful thing that you have to really be able to listen to what their story is and, and help them share their stories from when they're ready and, and th- how it looks to them, not on the way we think it should look. Right. And I think this is where like, I do get stuck in that masculine be- because as a director, I'm just like, I do have this, like this level of confidence. I mean, I have to say I've really struggled with confidence in my life, but there's been one thing where I'm like, I know it looks good and I know how to reach an audience. Like these are just two things that have been always really innate to me. So I'm like, I'm like, if you just listen to me and do this, like you'll get the results. <laughs> and I can't, like, I used to get <laughs> triggered with clients and I'm like, God, like, and, but this was me deflecting my own emotions because yeah. I, I'm like, just do the fucking work. Like, <laughs> but then at the same time, like, I've also been that person that's like, wait, like, no one likes me or like, it's so hard. And like, so I totally get it. I think everything in life is just, is just a mirror. And um, I think that's why in the beginning of my work, I really focused on like the outer things of branding because it was so tangible. And the more I worked with people, I was like, well, I actually, there's a part of me that like does enjoy doing the deeper work with people when they're ready. But you know, just on the topic of authenticity, there's also this part of me that's like, again, I don't want to be responsible for people's transformation. Like it's just not, you know, I don't want to be attached to my client's results or transformations. Like I will share everything and mentor you and get like, give you everything possible, but you've got to take yourself to that next step. But that's the beautiful thing about what you do. You're not responsible for their transformation. Yeah. You're you're responsible for bringing your best self so that they can truly transform because you're leading from within. 
and what they choose to do with it is up to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But what would you say to the woman um, who is struggling with speaking her truth? And this could be in her business. This could be in her life or her relationships. Like what's one, what's, what's a pep talk and what's a tool that you would give them? Yeah. I would say, well, first, if it's, if it's in the relationship, it doesn't matter where it is. If you're struggling in one area, it is always the same thing. Yeah. And it, it's literally, it goes back to, you have to be committed to getting out of it. Yeah. I, I think when we're satisfied with, and when we're not ready to face ourselves, we, we don't face ourselves. When we finally say enough is enough and I'm going to do whatever it takes to really look within, I think that that's the only time that we actually truly transform. So one, getting 100% committed to getting yourself to the next level. Yeah. Um, and that takes courage to look inside and, and really face what am I not looking at? Where am I not being honest with myself? Yeah. And then get support. It's hard to do it al alone. And there's so many people out there doing good work that come from this loving space and nurturing who have been there. There's people that have struggled forever and have gotten past it because they've done the work. Um, and, and that's why they're healers. That's why they're coaches. Yeah. That's why they do what they do because they've gone through the ugly side and they've seen the light. And you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. And I love that you said this because this is another one of my channeled messages of <laughs> my past two weeks of fire is I was saying, I posted this, like work with someone who witnesses you, not someone who triggers you. Or Ooh, yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Cause oh, that, that one down. That, using that one myself. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I have this huge realization because I realized that I worked with this, you know, really like high level expensive coach last year and all it did was re-traumatize me. It was that same tough love. She wasn't abusive, but it, it echoed the, the pushiness of the abuse I had experienced in my life. It echoed that. And I was like, God damn it. Like I'm doing everything she's telling me and it's not working. Yes. I realized that it re-traumatized me because she... And it's not her fault. I'm not bashing her, but she didn't know how to witness me because it just wasn't her skill set. And I, you know, didn't have the wisdom to, or the insight to hire someone that would witness me and not traumatize me. Yeah. She was probably coming from where her past was, which was this pushing personal development or whatever it is yeah. that isn't really sitting side by side with the person. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and it was so hard because I actually was listening back to one of the replay calls. This was a few weeks ago and the, the original session was a year ago at this time. And I listened back to it and I, I can hear in her voice again, not in the judgment, but I'm like, she just doesn't know what to say to me because it's not her zone of genius. And I yeah. was like, oh, yep. because I was like, I stopped telling that story of like, I spent five figures on this business coach and blah, blah, blah. Like I was going my whole victim story about it. <laughs> oh girl, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars. I feel your pain. <laughs> so, but, but that's a, that's a beautiful point that you just made. So it's really 
don't listen or pay for people that haven't been where you want to go, right? Yeah. It's like, like work with people that you admire, not people that scare you. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the self-bullying. Yeah. That was the self-betrayal. It was like, if I just like, just go harder and do it, like I can get the results. I really believed at that time that that was the thing. And then, and then I, when I got out of it, I was like, Brittany, but you always, you always, you know, I'm not like anti-coach, but I'm like, I am so much smarter than I give myself credit for. That was like, I was like, I don't need anyone to help me. And I know that sounds a little mm. based, but I was like, what's the difference between their opinion and mine? Because everything in business comes down to testing and tweaking. Like someone could give you gold, but it might not work for you. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going out of sight. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but I so, it's funny because I lived in that, that story for four years and, and it, it, my, the, there was a story behind the story. Right. And it's yeah. not because, so when you say they can't help me, you got some other problems of traumatic experience that someone manipulated you before. Right. And so you are not opening your heart to something else because it's like, you know what? There, I took, I went to trust somebody in the past and it didn't work out. So I'm just going to trust myself now. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> I know we're on a time limit, but where can people learn more about you? Where do you hang out online? Um, yeah, so I am, so my, my coming of coming of light came out in August. So this is all relatively new leadership style for me. So I've, and, and here's the, the one thing that I want to add, I've made more progress in these four months than I've ever made in my entire career in terms of business and in terms of life, because I got honest with myself and I did this all. I don't have a website yet and I've gotten keynote speeches. I've gotten speeches in women's leadership conferences and, um, all without having anything other than being myself and being <laughs> honest. Right. So I, that's why I think it's so important to do this work because we don't need all these outside things. Yes. There are things that are very important and you do need branding and you do need all these things. I'm not negating any of that. I'm saying you got to start with the core, which is who you truly are. So um, with that being said, I currently hang out at, um, on Facebook, the time is nigh and on Instagram, it's nigh.time and fun fact, nigh means alive and I help people to come back alive. Oh, I love it. And we'll link all of these in the show notes and well, thank you so much for being here today. This was such an enlightening conversation. Thank you. I'm, I'm truly, honestly, Brittany, honored that, that you had me on. Um, this topic is the most dearest topic of my heart, and I love that you are doing this type of work because it is very much needed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Brand Interrupted Podcast. I so appreciate you and your time. And to show that appreciation, I want to give you a free gift. Head over to untamedrevolution.com forward slash gift to get instant access to my free three-part Audaciously You on Camera video series, a step-by-step -step on how to share your story, 
craft your core message, master your energy, infuse your personality, and boost your charisma on camera so you can amplify your impact with video and turn viewers into dream clients. And if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, don't forget to head on over to iTunes, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating. Until next time, bisous from Paris. Ciao, ciao.